Hi, I'm Shane. And I am Holly. And this is Don't Be Sorry. Hello. Hi. <laughs> We're so awkward. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's almost um, a happy new year times, and we did a Christmas yeah. holiday time. Yeah. So once once this episode is published, happy new year, um, I wanted to say that we took some time off, and we are going to be accountable for not letting people know that we were going to take a week off for um, kind of just, not even just holiday celebration, but recuperation, like Holly and I have both been feeling kind of weird. Um, I know that Holly, you've been like in and out of feeling like crap and kind of sicky. So we just wanted to take some time to recuperate. But um, if we have a lapse in episodes, we will definitely let everybody know on our Instagram. Um, just if you're expecting, because I know that some people subscribe and there's an expectation of episode release. So we want to let you guys know so you're not just waiting and going, what the hell? Yeah, we're but, a little um, silly gooses, but we'll try our best, you know. We try we'll get best, better you know? and better. That's the only thing. Yeah, improvement, baby. Yeah. Speaking um, of that, you know what? Sorry, side note. I think I'm actually going to set New Year's resolutions this year. I never gave a fuck about it, and I usually use my birthday as a New Year's like resolution. But I think I'm actually going to do it this year because I'm feeling what they call that kitschy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what they call that? It's not, I don't know. Okay whatever ambitious no uh positive uh kitschy oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. frisky <laughs> yeah i'm feeling frisky cool hell yeah right tight um, ready to change my life good hell yeah i mean i want to i want to go into i have so many opinions on resolutions i used to use them to make me feel so guilty but um i'm going to go into that for a second but first um i wanted to do a little announcement update like first like free palestine like we said um i'm interested in to see like what the world will will learn from everything um that's going on i know that there is still a bunch of information pouring out about what's going on in gaza right now um but yeah like we always say keep updated uh keep your ear to the ground and listen to the people who are in it um we'll hope I like hoping that people will find some compassion and start caring about others and learn what empathy is like. But I hope people now, that out of touch are, that are out of touch with reality right now get like in touch real quick. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think mean, this is a really amazing opportunity to like figure out how to be a little bit more selfless. Um, so especially with the holiday season and just being thankful that we have the people that we love and like the people that we love are the most important. And I think that it's just a really important time to check your shit. So I just wanted to say that really quick. And like with the new year's resolution, if there's an opportunity to be more self-aware and to kind of take more accountability in your actions and your involvement and your awareness, I think this would be a really good time to do so. But let um, me tell you right now, I'm going to be so fucking pit. I love everybody, hope everybody's happy, but like, I'm going to go to the gym in the beginning of January and it's going to be fucking flooded with people yeah. trying to get their whatever, trying to feel better. And I'm like, I'm already not I'm, looking forward to okay, it, but I'm happy so for So I them. love you. Yeah, I love you. But I'm going to play devil's advocate in this sense. I saw a video and I understand the premise of like trying to use this new rotation around the sun as an opportunity to change and improve and there's this one chick I don't remember the her handle on Instagram and I would love to give credit if I find it again but she said seeing all these new people in the gym a lot of people would be frustrated but how cool is it to see people putting effort into themselves and like trying something new yes tons and tons of people will drop off and not stick with it but the fact that they even stepped foot in is like pretty fucking cool i think yeah no it, and it is i think i'm just being like you know how hard it is for me to get a spot with my you know with my i'm just being selfish and it's i'm done <laughs> maybe i'll work on that i'll put that on my new year's resolution fucking list <laughs> But I get you. I mean, you have a routine and you have a commitment and you've done this for yourself. Like, I totally understand. And like I said, as we all know, so many people will drop off, but it's the A for effort kind of situation. And I think yeah. that's why I'm so weird about resolutions is I, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I know that a lot of people use the new year as this kind of standard they hold themselves to. And it's really difficult if you, for some 
probably cocktail of reasons why you can't uphold that routine to make yourself feel so guilty and like you failed. And like, that's the part that I hate the most is like New Year's resolutions are great for some people. And I think for a lot of people who have struggled with kind of prioritizing their own happiness and their own health or trying to make themselves feel like they're working towards bettering themselves, like it's such a high standard to hold yourself to because if you can't keep yourself accountable, I mean, fuck, I have crazy ADHD. Like I've tried so many diets and exercises and all these things. And if I can't keep up a consistency, I feel like I failed myself. I feel like I'm a disappointment. Like there's so much guilt and weight that comes with not being able to follow through, but shit, dude, like even trying, I think that that's so important just to go out on a limb and be uncomfortable. Like that's so special. I think for me, what I am, what I mean is like, is like I I can't I can't calm my brain down enough to like meditate or do yoga or yeah. like somatic workouts and stuff like that. And I think what I'm actually going to try to do is calm my brain down and just kind of get I mean, you know, being a mom, doing stuff, busy busy, like I don't really have time to like sit with myself except at nighttime and then I just fucking sit on the goddamn TikTok and well, watch you're tired, weird you shows. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think uh what I am I'm not gonna do anything crazy. I think it's just more like this is the first year. We were talking about this. You were saying like it takes people oh, yeah. seven years to, you know, after they so give read, birth to whatever. Yeah, Go ahead. I read this article that I mean, and again, I'm coming from a place I've never had children, so I don't know. But I mean, the amount of times that you and I have talked about this and like feeling dysregulated or like you're not, you don't feel like you're in your own body or in your own mind. I read this article that said it takes um, like people who have given birth seven years to feel normalcy again. And it's this like regenerative like the the cells in the body and the brain chemistry are starting to regulate and you know there's taking care of a newborn and having no identity not necessarily no identity but your identity at that moment is making sure that this baby is like taken care of and between birth and seven years old they've created like independence and their motor functions and communication and their own in- independent personality and like between that and seven you're starting to like find yourself again. So like when you were talking about it, it like clicked in my head. I was like, oh shit. And you even said this yesterday. You were like, yeah, once, even a couple months before Landon turned seven, you're like, oh, this is what having like my own self and his identity is like because you get to hang out. We can intertwine it now. It's not just like me, you know, like he can wash his own dishes now. He can like do stuff. He can like, we can laugh together and like he under, you know, like, we both are He's a getting, little human. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's obviously, you know, I am very, you know, I want to be his friend, but I also want to be his guider. And I am very yeah. chill when it comes to parenting. Um, but, like, we can be, like, best friends in a healthy way. You know, like, that's mm-hmm. what it feels like. It feels like I'm just, you know, you know, being a silly goose with my my best little friend that laughs at my jokes, but not in like exactly. a way where I'm not strict or not, you know, like I have. Oh, you're still a parent, parent yeah, first exactly. and foremost. Yeah. yeah. But you were talking about how like that, the way that that relationship has developed has allowed you more space and time in your own self to like be able to spend time on what you want and still, I mean, obviously prioritize parenting, but like you have are finding some individuality with your, your needs and what you need to feel comfortable and successful and like it's really cool to see it's also so interesting too because those things can coexist in like a really cool place like obviously again I don't know the struggle firsthand I'm sure I know raising a kid is difficult in its own right but like seeing the individual people like Landon turn into like this little person and you find who you are during that it's been really cool but i understand yeah. like the new year's resolution is like giving yourself i finally feel an like opportunity once, yeah i finally feel like once you know because he is at an age where it is like that now i can kind of focus you know a little bit more on like getting in touch with myself because i had to be in touch with so many things you know that yeah. i can finally you know maybe start you know looking inward I guess they would say, or what the, <laughs> being kitschy, you know, so. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm very excited. But can I just tell you, though, sorry, side note, for Christmas this year, he, oh, my oh, God, yeah. he wrote me or, like, he got this book that said, like, I love mom, and it gives you, like, prompts to write stuff in. Holy shit. I cried so hard. He said the nicest things about me. And it's like 50 of them, right? It's 50. It's 50 things he loves about me. And my, like a few favorites was your ability to clean amazes me. You should win an <laughs> award for your fishing. Um, your VR fishing? My VR fishing. That's so funny. He was like, you're so beautiful and nice and cool. And he's like, I have to admit you're right about everything. That was one of them too. It was just Hell like, yeah. I... I am just so happy. I it's it's so it's been great. I love it. Cute. Oh yeah. my gosh. So I'm happy guy. Happy guy. That is a really cute Christmas gift. Oh my god, it's the fucking sweetest. And he wrote it all by himself. The fucking sweetest oh. all sweet. Everybody should experience that. I what I love about my mom book. Oh my god. Yeah, I absolutely I think that's a really creative little book too. And it also gives him an opportunity to express how he feels knowing that you're the one who's going to read it. So he's this cute little, he's cute little, sweet little man. Yeah. Mm. And the whole time he was like hugging me too. It was really, he's just, Aww. he's just full of love and cute, you know? Um, yeah. Wait, what did, what was your fave? You had a Christmas My... present? Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, all gifts aside, um, you know, Patty and I didn't, we talked about it and we were like, oh, let's just, we don't really need to give each other gifts this year. And I got a little tweaky crazy and I got him some things, but he gave me a really cute little gift. And, but the thing that was like, uh, the most was he wrote me this letter and I'm not going to read it cause you know, it's personal, but it was just so touching. Though and that sweet. shit means the most, like oh, exactly. Man. Mine that was, was about like, writing and yours. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it made me cry so hard. I had to like put myself together before I continued doing anything. Oh my gosh. It was so sweet. And he, you know, it was a full big ass page and it, it touched upon so many things. And he, he just kind of expressed that he was like, I know this year has been full of so many changes. And he's like, I'm so proud to be, I'm going to start crying. Oh my God. He's I'm like, going to start so, crying. I know. <laughs> he was like, I'm so proud to like be on this journey with you. And he's like, I love you so much. And I can't wait to spend the rest of our lives together. Oh my and I've God. Just started, I know. And I started bawling and it was just so sweet. And like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give less of a fuck about gifts. And it was just like, knowing that that connection is there and there's like a mutual appreciation for who we are as individuals and who we are as a as a partnership and it, it was just like that made my whole year and like I in that moment I was just so excited to like it wasn't even it's not even an excitement to marry this person it's just an excitement to build a life like a life you know like weddings are cool I love weddings I love love um but like in that moment it was like wow yeah I'm I I'm built I'm really honored to build a life with this person because holy shit you know like who are you <laughs> like, yeah how did this happen yeah oh my god I love mm. letters oh god yeah it was just really sweet and that was that was definitely a lovely Christmas moment and I felt gave me the warm and fuzzies you know no I totally know I know I know yeah it was so sweet. And we sent out um, some Christmas cards for the first time ever. Like, I've never sent out Oh, my Christmas God. They were so cute. It was ridiculous. And we put, yeah, we put a picture of me and Patty in there. And, and it and, uh, it was like mom and dad. It was really cute. <laughs> but um, so we did that. And, you know, we sent some gifts and little things. But it was like the first time that we were, like, going hard for Christmas. <laughs> and it was really sweet. But, yeah, we didn't do much. I mean... We didn't do much. We just, we sat around in our PJs. We watched Christmas movies. We fucking ate steak and drank. It was so chill. Me and Landon, so the, sorry, going back to pictures, me and Landon are going to do that JCPenney photo shoot. Yes. I'm so, oh, God. I see so many I'm people doing so that online. It's so good. And he's excited too, which is funny because like he doesn't like pictures, but they're going to be. I, w- I got to figure out, like, what outfit that we're going to match I was going to ask. I-, I want you to wear Canadian tuxedos, all them. Are you serious? Absolutely. I think I 100%. could, maybe. Yeah. I just need to. And get- just put them in a little little jean jacket oh with some God. jeans. Oh, my God. And, ridiculous. like, completely 
white sneakers. That's Perfect. good. I need to get some. I don't have any of those new balances, but maybe I will. God, I love that so much. I know. I'm so excited. Those, and those, like the awkward poses. Oh my God. I can't wait. Yes, exactly. That's exactly Dude. it. Yeah, I need every copy of that, but yeah. Then, uh, uh, yeah, so I think another thing um, is that I want to, um, you know, like being self-aware is very hard. Mm. Um, and because I see all these people and I talk to people, this is, maybe I'm just sounding selfish. Maybe I need to chill for a minute. But what? Just being, I'm, just, I'm not saying, I just like seeing people that are not self-aware um, you know, like that comes up a lot around the holidays cause you like hang mm-hmm. out with like your family and like all this stuff. Yeah. And, um, I am very glad who the person that I am, but sometimes I just wish that I was a little bit, um, unself-aware because it no, racks the ignorance my is fucking bliss, brain. Man. Yeah. I yeah. just feel like ignorance I'm is ping bliss. pong table all the time. Yeah. I completely get you. It's, um, I don't know. Uh, the capitalist rage monster that happens and the consumerism that happens around the holidays is, is so insane. And like, I don't know. I feel like that paired with merit, like being around a bunch of different people who have different opinions or whatever. And I mean, it's a good challenge. Like I said so many times before, like if you can't have a conversation with someone who has a different opinion, you know, it's really healthy to see different perspectives, even if they make you angry, like those are out there and they're valid, whatever the fuck they may be. But during the holidays, it's so weird because everyone's like, you know, it's a time for giving and being more, a little bit more nice. And like, if you've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life, which is one of my favorite movies ever, there's a time where, well, everybody's just a little more. I've never seen that. You have to. It's one of the best. I'm so sorry. I need to be a movie No, it's okay. Next year, don't worry. It's a classic, um, and we have it on tape. Thank you. But <laughs> the you know the premise of that movie is like understanding that your the situation at hand is something to be grateful for, and like. But the thing is, is they say everyone around this time is a little bit more nicer. It's a little bit more time for care and a little bit more room for understanding. And it's so interesting because even in that movie, and it was made in the forties, you see how greedy and um kind of selfish a lot of people are and in the end a lot of people come together and that's the beauty of the movie but that's such an interesting thing to watch when you're mostly about trying to enjoy your time with others and really trying to appreciate the beautiful people in your life and and who they are and then there's also people who are like wow, mom, you got me the wrong color Bentley. Like, how dare you? I'm going to fucking freak out. And it's just like the cognitive dissonance is crazy to me. Yeah. And uh, that always comes up around the holidays, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore. Like, you see, especially being in a society where social media is like the reigning king of everything, which I fucking hate. It is what it is. But you see these people who are doing unboxing videos or like Christmas haul. And there's this one chick she's maybe i think she's like 16 or 17 sorry let me rephrase this child she's a child (laughs) and she lives in this big mansion and she got a ferrari and like she's unboxing all this stuff and i was looking at the things that she was taking out of her bag and like there's a lot of things from sephora there's like cartier and and a louis vuitton bag and like all this stuff and i'm like wow i'm looking at all the products that you're bringing out of your bag and that would be like three four maybe five months rent for me right now yeah and I'm just living here like trying to appreciate the things I have which I'm you know I'm 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 I feel like I'm pretty humble about it like I'm I'm glad to like work for what we have but like I'm looking at it like this person and then she pulled one thing out of the bag and this face product was like 120 dollars or something and she's like well I already have one and it's just not the color that I want so I think I'm gonna return it or I might just give it away I'm like what the fuck all these people who are so far removed from the strife and struggle of other people. And I'm not saying that I have it hard. Like I'm, I, I'm proud for the life that we've made, but like I've been homeless. I've slept in on cots. I've slept in, you know, people's backyards and on floors of people's houses. Like I've haven't had a home before. I know what it's like to eat molding food that you get from a food bank. And I just see it and I'm like, dude, there's no appreciation there. There's no, there's no, like 
gratitude and it's yeah like college wild. savings for landon um you know i don't think well and i'm sure that i'm sure that you'll get there one day but like the thing is is like it's just it's but, we, it's just weird to see all these people you know like right it's just it's just hard you know it is but hard I'm, it's crazy and i just go back to like i am very glad that i'm self-aware but at the yeah. same time i just wish that i was a little bit Didn't of give a, a ding fuck. dong yeah um also mm -hmm. can we just talk about the fact that i i don't know we were talking yesterday or whatever and shane was like no i haven't been medicated for how long I didn't even know that oh, Shane yeah. wasn't fucking medicated. I thought so, that she had something all, going on. Yes. So you and I, I remember, I mean, we bonded really quick. Like you were the first person that I met when I, when I walked into the restaurant that we worked together at and I handed you my resume. But after you had landed and you came back, we were tight, like almost inseparable. She and was French braiding my of, hair because I don't know how to French braid my hair. I was very grateful. Yes, and it looked great. It was great. <laughs> but, you know, we, we bonded off of so many things like first of all we're only children and we also talked about the only child syndrome which so many people it's just so stupid because we were only children that had to fend for ourselves and entertain ourselves and we were alone all the time and no one gave a fuck about us like we could have gone missing and it was like eh they'll come back later it's okay but the only child syndrome is like you're spoiled and whatever so we bonded over all of that we bonded over mental health issues we bonded over trauma we bonded over our fuck ass dads we bonded over a lot of shit and there was always this talk of like, you know, what kind of medication are you on? Because it seems to be working or like, how does that affect you? And, you know, there was always this underlying, like, we need support to exist. And that's trauma bonding, which I love. And it, it always was there. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, but I, you didn't know, and I didn't know that you didn't know, but since moving to Colorado, I mean, I got my Adderall prescription filled up for three months because I didn't know when I'd have insurance again. And my doctor was fucking amazing. And she knew that I'm not, they're extended release Adderall. They're not party drugs. I need them to function. <laughs> so, um, she knew I wasn't going to abuse any of that. And I realized I was telling you, I was like, yeah, you know, it was so interesting. I was going through my stuff before I sold my car and I found a bottle of 60 Adderall that I hadn't used and you were like oh well that's crazy and then we revisited the conversation I was like oh yeah I haven't I haven't taken any sort of meds in like two years and you went oh well what anxiety meds are you on and I said nope I'm not on anything I haven't taken any which is medication. so silly that I didn't know that because I knew that when you left you were weaning off but in my head I was like oh yeah she just like got on a new one or got on a better one you know well initially no that clue. was the plan <laughs> yeah well dude and I I know that was my goal is like because I, I know for a fact that there are chemical imbalances in my brain and there's just, it is what it is. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to handle it. Um, but I think that I found so much resentment because my mom put me on medication when I was 12 and I'm going to be 30 next year. So it was such a long time of being medicated and not understanding how I function without it. So mostly this lack of medication that I'm, I'm, in now is out of curiosity like I don't know I don't know who I am <laughs> I'm still trying to find it I think definitely with the help of therapy like talk therapy that I'm in um it's been useful to figure out coping mechanisms and trying to be a little bit nicer with myself and work through traumatic and like I have PTSD events where I get flashbacks and sometimes they're really overwhelming but it's so interesting because I've always gone through traumatic experiences in my life heavily medicated like I was taking I was taking such heavy doses of anti-anxiety meds and antidepressants that my body created an allergy to it at one point um it was just like going hard and I would take trazodone for those of you who don't know what trazodone is it's a sleep aid it's a sleeping pill and they um, just prescribe the that to me it's amazing. And I have, I have a prescription for it now. And I, that's the only thing that I guess I'm taking, but I don't take it often. I take it, which is when I cannot sleep because insomnia is an asshole, but I was prescribed trazodone for about six years and a recommended dose is, um, hold on. I have the pill bottle right here. The recommended dose. It's, so it's 50 milligrams and it's a tiny little like circular pill. And, uh, I was taking one. And by the time I stopped taking them about two or three years ago, I was taking three a night. I was taking 150 milligrams of trazodone. Holy fuck. And it wasn't like, they're not addictive. They're in and out of your system. I didn't have an addiction to it. I just like was so wired with 
there was um, extended release Adderall. I was overworked. Um, my anti-anxiety medications that I was weaning off of were causing severe side effects. Um, also, if anyone is taking Effexor slash Flexoril, please please talk to your doctor about side effects when you're not taking the medication because I was hallucinating. I couldn't stand up straight. I was vomiting. I couldn't drive. Everybody has their own experience with it, but holy shit, I was getting night terrors. I was getting cold sweats. Um, I was shaking. I couldn't hold a pen. Uh, I couldn't write. Like It was really bad. I had to take days off work because I couldn't drive. Anyway, I was taking all these medications and I was like, shit, I don't know how my body functions without it. So this last chunk of time here in Colorado, I've been really like, I haven't done anything. No, no Adderall for my ADHD. I've just been free ball in that one, which has been a fucking wild ride. <laughs> no anxiety or depression medication. Um, sleep aid. Yeah. Here and there. But other than that, I mean, the thing that I have every day is protein powder. I mean, you, you have know? gracefully... <laughs> gone through so much like you know this whole year you've gracefully gone through so much um uh like processing of old mm. things that i feel like medication like pros and cons medication yeah, definitely for- um you know for me i think as well has definitely made things like times easier but at the same time if i ever were to get off medication which i don't think i will because i am like a woo. Um, well, also you're, you and I have very different. Yeah, we totally like, do. Yeah. But it definitely, I can tell sometimes where it's immediately to not process. It's just like, it happened. Yeah. Let's move on. You know, can't do it right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that is one con. Um, but I can't, I just am amazed. I just am constantly amazed by you, girl. This Thank great. you, girl. Yeah. I gotta say there have been many, many times where I wish I still had an Ativan, uh, prescription. And again, <laughs> for those of you who, for those of you who don't know, that's an anti-anxiety medication, but it works immediately. So it's something that you don't have to build up over time. And it's more so for, um, anxiety attacks. Is it addictive? Uh, like Xanax? No. No, it's not addictive. Um, it, the thing about it is for me, and they're teeny, I'm talking like they're teeny, teeny, tiny little pills. They're tiny little round pills. And my mom took it for a really long time. And I remember when I was like, God, this is a fun story. Let's do Let's talk let's about this. Let's do story. it. I love it. So <laughs> uh, there's so much research on, I'm going to divulge for a second, but I'll get back to the original story. There's so much research on, um, ADHD and autism or ADHD, which is the combo of both, where pattern recognition can be very overwhelming. For a minute, I thought that I was psychic and I had a breakdown about it because my pattern recognition was so high that I could predict. Like I, I had a little bit of a mental breakdown when I was about 17 um, about mortality and also like the world around me. Like I had, it was really, it was really rough. Um, but I, I convinced myself that I could predict what my mom was going to say on the phone or what people were going to say to me. And it was just really, really, really like it was the ADHD or ADHD. I haven't been tested for um, autism as thoroughly as I want to be. But for ADHD, which I have been diagnosed with, which it's like also I really wish people were paying attention when I was younger because Jesus fucking Christ. But I was convinced that I was psychic and I had such a bad breakdown that I hyperventilated and passed out, fell off my bed and cracked my head on the floor, wood floors. Um, And I came to and I kept hyperventilating and my my lips were blue. My nose and my lips were numb. My lips were twitching. I couldn't calm down. And my mom had to put an Ativan in my mouth. And about 20 minutes later, I was just sitting on the couch like this. Hey. That is insane. I, mental breakdown, like it was really bad, but that was the first time I had Ativan and I realized the effects of it because it cut uh, an anxiety attack immediately. And I think that obviously it's not nearly as, not even close to as, how, as bad as it was when I was a teenager or in, or in my early 20s because there were so many traumatic things going on. But in the last two years, there have been some really heavy fucking things that I've been processing. And I really wish that I had an Advan. Um, mainly, it just kind of calms me down and puts me to sleep. But it's like taking a couple shots and you're like, oh, cool. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, OK, everything's a little bit more fuzzy. But um, I think that going without it and not having I wouldn't even say it's a crutch. I think it's just a tool at this point, but not having the tool of 
medications that will stop me in my tracks and, and help me kind of process what's going on. It's forced me to sit with my feelings. And that was what I avoided for so fucking long because I hate feeling uncomfortable. I hate feeling like I'm wrong. I hate feeling overwhelmed. Um, but this, especially this last year has taught me so much shit. And I'm not saying that I'm better without medication. I think that it's just different. Um, well, I think that you're doing what I want to do, which is like learn yourself inside and out. It's hard too. Cause there's some, I mean, I think that we as humans don't want to recognize the things that we do to impede our growth. Like there's so much that we do in spite of like, or I, I guess there's so many things that we do subconsciously that are holding us back from getting to know ourselves because it might be too uncomfortable or it might be too embarrassing or, you know, there's this idea that we cannot be silly or we can't put ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable because there's just like, cannot handle it, does not compute. And I think that it's like we've said so many times, exposure therapy is like being in the place where you can't immediately have that backdoor escape you there's no you know secondary option here you're gonna sit in this feeling let it make you feel like shit let it make you feel uncomfortable let it make you feel guilty whatever the fuck the emotional response is but I think because I was on so many medications from such a young age my brain didn't have the capacity or the ability to sit in it without having a fucking breakdown. Like if I sat in my emotions, like when I found out that my dad died, if I sat in my emotions, if it was like six or seven years ago, I would go, mm, can't do it. Can't do it. And then something would come up and it would immediately trigger a response where all the stuff that I hadn't processed would flood out and I would be completely overwhelmed. I wouldn't know how to deal with myself. I would be completely distraught and dysregulated for, you know, an unpredicted amount of time. And now that I'm not doing that, like I'm forced to sit with it for a second. Granted, I fucking hate it. And I love therapy, but she's kind of an asshole sometimes. Therapy is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a really interesting ride. And I don't know if I'll ever broach the topic of being medicated for anxiety again. You know, there are so many things that you and I have talked about with being married or possibly starting a family. And I, you know, those ideas they're not bad, but I know that it's going to enlist a so much change and change in myself and change in responsibility. And I think that I meant, well, even good, th even yeah. good things make like, it's not necessarily a sad cry. I mean, sometimes, you know, it can be, but good things bring up stuff too, yeah. because it's like good. Like, I'm so glad I feel good now, but also like, impending... I felt so bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like I said, the conversations that we've had about especially starting a family. Like I feel zero anxiety about getting married. Um, like I feel like I am 100% correct in this choice and never in my life have I've trusted someone so much. So like there's a lot of love and a lot of positivity with that. Um, I don't think that I'm going to fail at being a partner and being married. I don't think that there's, I mean, we have the ability to work through a lot of hard shit, but with the idea of starting a family, I'm like, am I going to fall into line of, the people who have come before me? Am I going to be a bad mom? Am I going to project all of my insecurities on this child? Am I going to be able to support and provide and, you know, be the kind of person that I want this child and human to, to look up to? Like it, it, there's so much pressure and there's so much responsibility there. And I'm not scared of that. I guess I'm more scared of, of, living up to my own expectations. And I like when we're talking in the context of medication, like I don't know what I'm going to look like. I, like, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to be. I hope that I'm going to be good at it. Um, whatever the fuck that looks like, but I don't know if it's also going to come to like, I don't know if postpartum depression is going to be a thing. I don't know if my anxiety is going to be fucked with hormones. I don't, you know, I don't know how I'm going to function if I'm being unmedicated. I don't know if my kid's going to need medication. You know, like there's so many different things. And I'm really glad that even though I was exposed to medication that was one incorrect, but also given to me out of not wanting to heal me, but wanting to suppress me. Like I, I was given medication very young because I think my mom couldn't handle 
my ADHD. So I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and given some hardcore shit and it was really bad for me. But I think that like, I haven't demonized medication the way that a lot of people do. I haven't put medication in a category that's like, oh, I'm taking it. I must be broken. Like there's something wrong with me, which is such bullshit because medication is our, our brain chemistry and the chemicals that we produce. Like there's no such thing as perfect or normal. I think ignorance is bliss, like we've talked about. And I think that people who don't take medication, I'm really happy for them. And I wish that I was that kind of person too. I know there's no way that I um, can't. I don't know how people with bipolar disorder don't take it. I think that I definitely have like a lot of extra stress level added on than just like being a person, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, but I just, there's no way that I could stop without, you know, like I can't regulate my own emotions. It doesn't matter how good I eat. It doesn't matter how much I fucking exercise. I can't regulate my emotions. I can't do it. So I know that like if I were to stop or something like that, it would just be a fucking nightmare. Like it would be the end of me, you know? And I it, it sucks to, I mean, it, I think for me, it makes me sad sometimes because it's like I am so strong. I have got through so many things my whole entire life and now I have to be dependent on this pill for the rest of my life yeah. because I can't regulate my emotions because of shit that happened to me when in childhood. Like it sucks. Yeah. It's not my fault. And it's sometimes very hard. And it makes me really sad that I have to carry this burden of shit that I wasn't supposed to go through. I wasn't yep. supposed to go through that. Yep. And that's the one thing that I that makes me sad a lot of the time. I don't demonize it at all. Even before I was medicated, I was well, never no, like, because oh, it's, those people take because whatever. Because it's a tool. And I think that, like, you – that's, again, another thing that the beauty of being self-aware. I mean, it is, it is really painful sometimes. But I think that <clears throat> I would much rather be in pain and self-aware than, like – dumb and unaware mostly because I think that it adds a beautiful contrast to life it's like there is struggle there is you know stuff that we have to continuously work towards and and chip away at and I think that I get you in the the resentment that we have about constantly you know I I brought this up in therapy I was like I feel fucking angry all the time excuse me because I have to clean up a mess that I didn't fucking make and I will be in therapy probably forever which is fine but it's like I'm literally paying for someone else's fuck up. And like with you, it's it's this it seems like the same thing where you have to, you know, you have to take this medication. It's not a bad thing, but it's just like exhausting. It's exhausting because it's not your mess to clean up. And now we're here and we have to kind of f- strike a balance that we weren't supposed to strike in the fucking first place. Yeah. But there is I think that medication should be accepted as a tool. It's, um, you know, if, if you have access to it, I think that that's something that is a wonderful option. Um, even if you don't. Well, I think there's also things like in the years, like people that are our age, like the way that we grew up completely fucking different than anybody else. The internet, fucking cell phones, fucking. Well, and the contrast between before having it and now having it, like the generations after us, they grew up with it completely yeah like I think that so it's normal to them you know but we were fucking shot into this crazy thing like you know I was fucking seeing dick pics on Mm vampirefreaks.com you know like what do you remember I just do you remember I don't know I know that you and I have a couple years difference but I remember I was like fuck 14 and my neighbor came over and she was about a year younger than me and she pulled up she came over and went into on the computer that was in the living room and she pulled up a beheading video yeah because there was no limit on the internet and you could just we have seen so many fucked up things i mean i'm sure that there's so much fucked up shit but no regulation like i well and you know if we want to touch it makes your brain feel crazy and if we want to touch back on like the only child thing is like i'm sure many people who are listening can relate is like if you were an only child in a home that didn't have parents who were taking care of you and actually because you know holly and i experienced a lot of neglect and 
that came with free reign because no one was caring about the information that we were getting. Nobody was caring about how we were regulating our thoughts, our emotions, our bodies, anything like that. Also, all these people, they didn't know because they didn't know what the, how to even use the internet. Old fucks. Well, I mean, I'm just kidding. Well, just yeah, kidding. I mean, there's that one. Yeah. But um, I mean, internet, not just internet, but just everything, like any, any kind yeah. of information that we were hearing on the news or, you know, from, from people at school, our teachers, our neighbors, you know, it was just this matter of completely being left alone with our own or devices. like roaming the town at night yeah. because you don't, nobody gives a no. fuck. It's like, you know how much shit I've seen roaming the town? Well, that's like, you know? but like playing into when we were talking about mental health and everything, it's like how, like I said, I was put on medication. I think really because my mom couldn't handle being a mom but like that ties in as an adult it's like okay so I've always had to handle my own shit but I was never given the proper tools to figure out how to do so so the the ways in which I'm trying to regulate are more damaging than helpful and now I'm still cleaning up a mess that I didn't fucking start and it's like okay I have to be dependent on therapy I have to be dependent on asking for help I have to be dependent on knowing my limits and understanding that I mean I don't know if people know but ADHD is an actual disability and our brains are like I'm not going to say they're fucked but they're like they're so different and I'm still learning and I'm sure that you are too and it's so strange to constantly be aware that we have to keep working on something that we didn't like fuck up what the fuck yeah. what the hell yeah. what the fuck exactly and it's like how do you not be like another thing i'm working on in therapy is trying not to be jaded and trying not to be cynical because it's really fucking hard to not be mad when you're forced into a lifetime of recuperation yeah and like how do you fucking not be so mad about that how do you not be mad yeah <laughs> trying exactly no i agree yeah god so i mean I love being self-aware. I do completely agree with you that sometimes I wish I didn't give a fuck about anything. Like, I'm not saying lobotomy just, is fun, but sometimes I wish that I just didn't know anything. <laughs> I think that I'm just, this year, at the end of the day, I'm just going to tap into how to use my self-awareness yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Yeah, and I love that. And especially, like, not making ourselves the bad guys like I mean obviously owning up to you know anything shitty that we do but like I don't want to go into that being self-aware as like wow I'm stupid I can't do this I can't do that I want it to be like okay let's try and learn from what's happening right now exactly and I mean it's a like I said raw dogging is fucking weird well Well, raw dogging life let me specify (laughs) yeah I don't know like I just want to learn a lot about, you know, I want to be okay with, you know, like people that still have their baby blankets. I want to be okay with people that like, you know, say weird stuff, you know, that, you know, eat their toenails. Like it's not my, it's okay. I just want to live your life. I'm too self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just too self-aware to do that. But anyways. Anyways. So that's like, you know, our serious topic of the day. Mental health is important. I mean, again, if you have the resources, definitely seek them out. Um, Your life is valid. You're Let's important. Talk- you're lovely. We want you here. We want to know that you're still with us and kicking and having a good time. But um, you want to get into On another note, let's talk about ourselves Yeah. More. Let's talk about ourselves go. more. Um, yeah. Do you want to... Okay. So we... Yeah. Yeah. You go. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to get into... Holly had the great idea. She was like, have you ever looked up your name on Urban Dictionary? And I was like, oh, shit. No, I haven't. I used to look up Urban Dictionary stuff when I was You're in like, high no, school. No, it's not 2014. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but we're going to do that today. And you said that you have two, right? I actually have oh, three. You have three? Okay, perfect. So we both yeah. have three and we're going to go back and <laughs> forth. But we typed our I'm names so into Urban Dictionary and came up, like found the funniest ones that we could find. So Holly. Do you want me to go yeah. first? Okay, I'll start it off not so strong, but it's a little strong. Um it just says, if you know a Holly, beware because piss kink, toe kink, knife kink, all the kinks. <laughs> I love the aggression. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what piss I see. Piss kink, toe kink, knife kink, all the kinks. All the kinks. Piss and Be toe. Aware. I like that piss. Is it really starting off strong? I'm really proud of that. Yeah. You know what? I think yeah. I know you a little bit better now. 
Yeah. Thank you. I think I could have a piss kink. I don't know. I've never done it, but You whatever. never know. Um, yeah, you're trying. Okay, Shane. She's... <laughs> I'm so excited. Sorry. She has the most minuscule pee-pee you will ever find. She eats 20 pizza pops a day and has the most vibrant and swollen eyes from being oh, high that attracts all the boys. TikTok queen. Horse girls worship her. She's just new boot goofing. God. And then the, the I've quote, never heard something so accurate. Dude, exactly. And then the quote says, "Give me the fucking donuts, you ding dong." Says Shane. That's me. Oh my god, that is that's me. What the fuck are pizza pops though? Like the little. I was joking. That is not accurate at oh, okay. all. But pizza. No. Oh my god. Absolutely not. You are not. You don't have swollen eyes and eat pizza pops all Cause day. Because I'm. It says because I'm high all the time. But I'm Wait, not. Is it like those te- Tostino's pizza rolls? Probably. Maybe. Okay. I've never heard of Pizza Pop. That's good. I like it, too. Okay, this guy. <laughs> this is from February 16th, 2023, um, by Naked Spread Eagle. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he says, some of the prettiest feet I've ever seen. She wants to fuck Dominic's. She wants fuck. She wants Dominic's baby. She's always down to have sex with Dominic. Makes Dominic want to fuck the shit out of her. She's the sexiest woman with the sexiest body. Why don't you leave Dominic alone, Holly? Yours have a feet theme. I mean, I do. <laughs> but I don't know this, but I don't know any of these people. I love the Dominic is just like, Holly, fall in love with me or I'll die. Yeah, who is this guy? I, I hope he found her. This one is... But also, like, I hope she needs to stay away. Yeah, it's a little bit toxic there. Um, This one is by Spiky Homo, uh, March, 9th, two- <laughs> March 9th, 2009. Uh, Shane... oh my god says a lying heterosexual car freak who needs to get over himself and stop making excuses as to why he can't spend time with his so-called other half other than the fun shit fun shit head whom i adore i don't know what that means but uh yeah spiky homo 2009 heterosexual car freak she needs to leave him too yeah this is toxic girl no (laughs) um Okay, this is my last one. This made me laugh really hard. Okay, so it's by Mr. Blastens <laughs> on August 23rd, 2022. It says, I don't even know what this means. Holly is a fucking deodorant needing CPS queen. Where are Holly's kids? She lost them again? Oh my god. A deodorant needing CPS queen? I should change my Instagram handle right now. A deodorant needing CPS queen. You're a stinky. I'm stinky and I lost my kids. Wow. Okay. That guy is so mad. Yeah. Mr. Blaston's blasting off. Fucking A, Take dude. Um, That's crazy. This is my last one and this is probably my favorite one. Uh, November 12, 2010. Shane, the act of shitting yourself while running. <laughs> And then the thing is, says, I've never. <laughs> it says, someone pulled another Shane this morning. Heard he didn't even shower afterwards. So, you know. Oh, my God. I got little shitty pants. Little shitty pants. <laughs> every time I do that, every time I take too many laxatives and go on a walk, I'm going to be like, Sh- God. I shamed myself again. I shamed myself. <laughs> oh, accurate, accurate, accurate. Oh, that's good. Um. um Okay, what the hell? Okay, so we are kind of, we're pulling our what the hell segments from us as well uh, this week. but Which I'm so glad that we've been through so much and we are so self-aware because we have These so fucking stories. What the yes. hell? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, but I swear to God, people need to fucking start. Yeah, start sending talking. us your stuff. We just want to fucking We just want to hear interesting like stories. Right exactly. Yeah. We just want to hear interesting stories and whatever the fuck you want to share with us. We just want to hear all the stories. Um, we want to know everything about you. Um, okay, so my <laughs> my what the hell segment story is about the time I met one of my brothers. So, a little bit of backstory. Uh, my family is complicated, but it is what it is. So complicated. complicated. So before my dad met my mom, he had three sons, two from his high school sweetheart. I'm not giving any names. And then he met somebody else in Oregon and had another son. And then he met my mom and had me. Um, and I didn't really know about this until I was pretty, uh, I would say about like 10 or nine or 10. I knew of them. I didn't know who they were, where they lived, what they looked like. None of that. None of that. Um, so that's the breakdown. And 
he, with his high school sweetheart, he had his two sons in California, um, near the LA area. So fast forward, I am, I think 17 at the time, I think almost 18. And I was a candy maker with my first boyfriend's mom and she had a vegan candy company. And, um, I worked with her all the time. I helped her with her business. I helped her with recipes. Uh, I made candy constantly. And if you, for those of you who don't know, I made candy for a really long time. Um, so when I was about 17, almost 18, she was like, Hey, she came to me one day, my first boyfriend's mom, she came to me one day and she was like, dude, guess what happened? Adrian Brody, for those of you who don't know who Adrian Brody is, he's an actor. Um, he's the a, a fucking amazing actor, but she's like, he bought our candy and he recommended to, he asked us to have a booth at the Oscars. And I was like, bitch what? yeah and i was like holy shit she was like so we have to plan a lot we're gonna make our booth we're gonna make an ass load of candy so we can bring it there and um the time came and um we got a room at the hotel where the oscars green room is what they call it and it's where all of the people who are on the red carpet they come up into this room and they there's a bunch of vendors and there's a bunch of people who have been asked to come to the oscars to present their products and um, so we get our room, we get all this stuff set up, we have our, all our candy, we make a booth. And uh, but before then, I think it was like a couple weeks before we even got down to L.A., um, I reconnected with all three of my brothers. I messaged them on Facebook, I think. And I sent them a message. And the, the two that were living in L.A. at the time, I was like, hey, I'm going to be down in a couple weeks if you'd like to meet. Um, I know that we don't really have a relationship. I know that we've never really spoken before, but we both have the same shitty dad. <laughs> the oldest brother, he was not interested in all, at all, and I don't blame him. Um, I mean, we didn't have a relationship, and the only connection was our dad, who was just crappy. So I don't blame him at all. Um, but the second brother, uh, he was like, yeah, I would love to meet you. I think that that would be a really great idea. Where are you going to be? And so I told him I'm going to be at this hotel, um, and just give me a call or text me. Uh, I can come down for like a half hour. I could break away from all the hubbub. And so we arranged it and he was with his ex-girlfriend at the time. And so fast forward, um, my boyfriend's mom and I get to the hotel, we set up, we get our booth, and I've met so many people at this point. Like, I got to meet, like, a good chunk of the cast of The Walking Dead, and I have a picture of the guy who plays Shane with me, and it's really cool. Um, That's so It's cute. really cool. I have it somewhere, but I also... I've also never seen that show, but... It is what it is. Um, I also met Forrest Whitaker, which was crazy um he's so fucking tall uh i got to meet adrian brody too and a couple of other people but you know there was so much stress and a lot of like stressful energy and we were trying to coordinate all this stuff and i had like caramel on my shirt and i kept going back to the hotel room to like wrap a bunch of our product and bring it back and i finally got a text from one of my brothers and he was like hey i'm gonna be there in about 10 minutes and i got so nervous that i felt like my heart was in my throat because there are these people that I mean we're half siblings like we have the same parent and I didn't know about them for a really long time I was raised an only child so there was this never this premise of family or siblings or anything like that so it was a lot of pressure and of course the first thing I thought was wow I'm super ugly he's gonna be like wow you have an ugly sister <laughs> and then the other thing was like which is so fun well I mean you know like I was just insecure and I was like what if his first impression yeah, of me is that's the... you know it is what it is but I was like what if his first impression of me is that like I'm like super weird and like I got the bad parts of our dad and like blah 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 and I was just like processing over processing in my brain I felt like smoke was coming out of my fucking ears and I made my way down to the lobby and I was sitting on this weird circular couch and I didn't know what door he was coming in so I kept like turning my head back and forth and I I felt later that night my neck was so sore because I was like freaking out and I was sweating through my shirt and again I had like candy on my shirt and my hair was all fucked up and uh he came in with his girlfriend and he looked I'm talking like freaky just like our dad but he was shorter and he was completely ginger and uh I, he looked just like him like I could hold a picture of my dad and him next to it them and they would be identical it was crazy and then was he the oldest son or second what was oldest he? yeah the okay. oldest one didn't want anything to do with it which again don't blame him at all 
but he walks in and I stand up and I'm taller than him, which is crazy because our dad was six, six. So he was tall as fuck, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember I like the closer I got to him, there was this feeling of like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, um, a feeling of familiarity and also just dis. it was so weird. It was like, it was like I knew him from dreams, but I didn't actually know him, if that makes any sense. And the closer I got, I felt like this weird feeling. I kind of felt like I was going to throw up because this was the closest to my dad that I had ever been, really, uh, in the last 15 years at that point. And um, I gave him a hug and I looked at him and like we both looked at each other in the eyes and it was like his girlfriend was there and it was like she didn't even exist. It was like him and I were looking at each other in the eyes and we both started crying. And it was this weird feeling of like shared trauma because I found out a lot later that the reason our dad left him and his brother and their mom, again, they were high school sweethearts. The reason he left him is because he was addicted to drugs and he was a very, very, very intense alcoholic smoker, whatever, but he was a really bad alcoholic and he left because he didn't want the responsibility of being a dad. And it's the same, you know, pretty much the same reason that he left my mom. Um, and that was his track record. So it was like this shared trauma, like this weird camaraderie that him and I had had. And we had never met each other before, but we shared such a similar life already. And it was just this weird air in the room and like the fucking Oscars, Oscars were going on and all these, you know, violently rich celebrities were walking around and I'm looking at my brother that I'd never met. And it was just a, it was like two universes like sitting together simultaneously, like nothing existed, but me and my brother in that moment, but the fucking Oscars were going like, it was so strange to me. And then what do they call that? The twilight zone? Kind of. Yeah. It felt like the twilight zone. And it, it just, in that moment, I felt like I was exactly where I needed to be, but I wasn't in my body. And it was so strange because it was, you know, trying to suppress all this trauma and trying not to like trauma dump on someone who you've never met, but share a very similar life with and like the same parent. And we talked about it for a little while. And he told me that when he found out that I existed, so the brothers knew that I existed before I knew they existed. He had lunch with my dad. He was probably, because he's, how old am I? I think he's like six or seven years older than me. I think maybe eight. How old am I? How old am I? And uh, he said that he had lunch with my our dad, and he reached across the table, grabbed him by the collar, and almost punched him in the face. And he said, you've kept this from me. You're a piece of shit. How dare you leave another kid behind? I cannot believe that you're such a terrible, terrible human. He's like, I never want to speak to you again. And he was so mad that he abandoned another child, just like he abandoned him and my other brother, that he's like, I, he's like, I knew right then and there, I wanted nothing to do with my dad for the rest of my life, because I knew that he not only kept your existence from us, but he left you like he left us. And he's like, he's doing the same shit. So it was like in that moment, and mind you, we only spent 15 minutes, 20 minutes together. And in that moment, there was so much share, so many shared experiences that I never thought another person would have so much you got everything out of what you needed in that time I mean obviously I still I there's still a part of me that will always want more and I've always wanted siblings and I always wanted a brother um I have three of them (laughs) but you know I I'm pretty confident in the fact that they will never be a part of my life and I've learned a lot of things since then reconnecting with other parts of my family that are sad and that make me um realize that I will never have those conversations, uh, those connections with my brothers. Cause it's just, it's just never going to happen. So I've had to like cope with that as well, but it was such a weird, like you said, twilight zone, like hugging my brother goodbye. And that's that, like a thing you can't make up. No, like, you know what I mean? No. Like it's one of those, like, what and that was the fuck? At, at this point now that was over 10 years ago. And I never thought that that would be the last time I'd see my brother. And like, again with our dad dying I was like oh there's going to be so much shit that comes out of this and like there has been but not at the capacity that I was expecting so I don't know if that's going to be the last time I see my brother forever but it was this 15 minutes during the Oscars covered in candy severely overweight very uncomfortable 
had no idea who I was or who I was going to become, but I met my brother and this connection to my dad. And it was just so weird because I just said goodbye, wiped my tears, went back upstairs and rolled a bunch of candy again. Like it was like, okay. What the hell? It was so weird. What the hell? What the hell? Anyway, that's my story. It was a really long story, but that was my story about the time no, I met that's, my brother. That, that's a lot. I mean, that is something that you probably replay in your mind sometimes. Yeah, you know? it's so strange. Especially every time I see Adrian Brody's face, I'm like, hey, you ate my caramel and I met my brother. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> like, what? It's, that could be a t-shirt. Right? Uh, anyway, okay. What? <laughs> you ate my caramel and my, I met my brother. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's all for today. But like we said, we want to hear your guys' stories. You can go to our website um, at don'tbesorrypodcast.com. You can visit our Instagram at don'tbesorrypodcast or email us at don'tbesorrypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, just to let us know your thoughts on our, today's topics. We want to s- hear your experiences. Um, like you said, we're going to do the what the hell topics from our own life uh, until then. Or if we find some funny stories on Reddit. Um, but please submit anything that you want to share with us. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. We encourage any feedback that you'd like to give. Thank you for listening. And have a good life. Bye. The sun and the sand and a drink in my hand with no bottle.